Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us again. Today's episode, Premature Emancipation. (laughs) I'll give you a little cheat here on the actual topic. It's the second coming of Jesus Christ, and we all know that there's a couple iterations of how you could define the word coming. There's a more colloquial definition (laughs) to that verb. And it goes along with premature, and so premature emancipation. <laughs> anyway, so I figured we that must... we, yeah. Oh, come on. Come on, people. Come on. It's not that bad. Um, so, guys, to kick off this episode this week, we're going to start a new segment. I know. We have all these segments in our show now. How crazy and somewhat professional and i don't know weird and interesting that is (laughs) um so here in utah years and years ago david will remember this of course there was a certain rock station i don't remember their call sign uh with mick and allen in the morning you guys might remember that just by the dj names And they had different segments that they did as well through the years. They added a segment at one point in time called Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy. Well, I thought they created that whole thing on their own, that Jack Handy was a fictional character because Alan was the one who would come in and share the little quote. And they're absolutely hilarious. Well, I did some research. Jack Handy is actually a real comedian. (laughs) And And they were actually sharing his funny quotes that he had said previously in a skit or whatever, or in a stand-up. So I thought, wow, okay, that's funny. So I wanted to borrow the Deep Thoughts theme, and then David and I, every episode, maybe every episode, I don't know, maybe not, we will share a Deep Thought. Does that sound like fun, Dave? Deep Plops, did you say? Uh, It could be that as well, yes. Okay. Yeah, yes. that's where you and I are coming from. Although, <laughs> as a listener to our podcast, you might doubt that. Yeah, Do I know. these guys ever have any deep thoughts? <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, that's what we're all about. So. Yeah, and they're pretty funny. I mean, they should be funny, these little clever deep thoughts. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick it off with a little track that I laid down for deep thoughts. Are you ready, Dave? I'm ready for it. Here we go. Thoughts by Mike and Dave. All right. (laughs) Perfect. So here's my deep thought of the day. Have you ever noticed that you can do two things separately? They're okay, even together, but maybe not in the wrong order. So for example, you go into the bathroom, you want to do your number two business. That's fine. You also need to blow your nose. Also not a bad thing. There's the toilet paper. You're looking at it while you're doing the deed. Well, if you blow your nose first and then do the deed, that's probably not the right order, right? Save yourself from some unnecessary suffering. Exactly. Get the order right. That's my deep thought of the day, Dave. And that's also a deep plop. Oh, Now that's funny. 
That's funny, Dave. All right. All, right. All right. So to the point, let's get it into a little uh, LDS Church in the news. So we have this unprecedented event where simultaneously the church is celebrating, I guess, the 200th anniversary of Joseph Smith's first vision. Of course, Dave and I have to ask the question, which first vision? (laughs) So we'll just say the official one. This crazy thing, right, where you could imagine in your mind, like, all these people, like, this huge, probably the biggest in-person gathering ever mm-hmm. in history, right, at the conference center and uh, and just hordes of people coming in, whatever. Of course, we have this coronavirus thing, so it's also this unprecedented, everybody's watching from home, <laughs> which a certain percentage did anyway, every conference, but how funny that that would coincide and it's suddenly not as special maybe as it could have been. They always share statistics. So yeah. one of the things they talk about is the membership increases, right? So according to their statistics, membership increased in the church by 251,301 last year. Well, not exactly sure that that's the most accurate way. <laughs> To share membership, because I looked at all the stats. So recall that we had that Excel sheet that I talked about earlier, and I think I even shared it on the website, where the guy had gone through all the public releases of statistics from 1972 to 2018 was the last time we talked about it. And he talked about how they tally membership. So it's convert baptisms plus children of record. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, if you combine the two, which I did, so I just carried on his spreadsheet here, and I added in the statistics that they shared in conference for 2019, for last year. And so here's the reality. If you add the convert baptisms, 248,835, and the children of record, 94,266, you actually have a membership decrease of 91,800 fewer members. Hmm. Uh-oh. Hmm. Well, huh. All right. Yeah, a little leakage going uh, a little, on. A little leakage going on. That, that's my news for the day. Just a short one. Just sharing some statistics that are a little misleading. You know. And I, again, I'm, I've mentioned this before. I believe this is a worldwide phenomenon that uh, people are slowly moving away from the the roots, I guess, of religiosity, yeah. looking for answers in other places, which is a healthy thing, regardless of what the result is for you. It's just plain healthy mm-hmm. to consider and look around, ask questions. Oh, heaven forbid. Yeah. Yeah, there definitely has been a quote-unquote secular movement, especially in Europe over the last decade. A lot less uh, people finding solace in church or in religion as their only source of answers for life's questions. So I I think that's actually a good thing, but then it creates this environment of quandary, if you will, right? Where will you find those answers? And I think the irony is a lot of those answers are within, huh, Dave? The majority. Yeah. So, interesting. Well, guys, let's get into the actual episode content today, Premature Emancipation. So, (laughs) 
<laughs> Many cultures and religions throughout history have this end of the world type of prophecy. I just grabbed a few examples here. So Buddhism has this idea, and I may not pronounce some of these words correctly because I'm not a native speaker of these languages, but Maitreya with Buddhism yeah, that's close. Uh, yeah, yeah, is the final Buddha, right, that's supposed to come mm-hmm. in the end of times. Hinduism, uh, Kalki, same type of character. Norse religion has the concept of Ragnarok that many of us have heard of. Islam, simply the Day of Judgment. Of course, they say it in Arabic, usually, which I can't pronounce. You have Zoroastrianism, even if you go back further, the concept of Frasho Kareti, which I'm sure I'm probably mispronouncing. The Abrahamic religions, if you want to talk about them that way, or you might call those post-Zoroastrianism. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So the Baha'i, all the different Christian religions, of course, fall under Abrahamic. Uh, so you have this idea of the last judgment, the abomination of desolation, great tribulation, Armageddon. Oh, that's one of my favorites. Abomination of desolation. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Armageddon, preterism, the rapture. Interesting one I didn't know as much about as I did a little research on this, dispensationalism. Huh. Which you know that the LDS Church is big, big, big on this idea of quote-unquote dispensations of time, which historically were generally overseen by a particular prophet or a series of prophets, right? So right. the Abrahamic dispensation, the, you know... Moses's dispensation, and then we're supposed to be, quote, in the last Last. dispensation of the fullness of times is the dispensation that we're in Mm -hmm. now, right? And And a prelude to a dispensation referred to as the millennium. That's right, right. Which is a paradisiacal state mm -hmm. and reigned over by Jesus, who is shortly to appear. Evidently, the interesting thing there is he issues in this millennium period, this 1,000 years of peace and all this kind of stuff. What does this mean in the Mormon church in particular? Kind of four typical ideas are associated with the LDS concept of the second coming. First of all, it's right around the corner, coming quickly. It's going to be a shit show, (laughs) is another one. Lots of terrible stuff happening, but don't worry, God loves you. You're it's a, a great, uh, terrible day of the Lord, so you get the great part and the terrible and part. And the terrible part, yes. So there's immediately a separation, so you have parables including the sheep and the goats, uh-huh. my right hand or my left hand, mm-hmm. the wheat and the tares, yeah. so you get this God who's all about division, all of a sudden, yeah. oh, wait, no, wait, we make that decision for ourselves. If we decide to follow Babylon instead of Zion, another separation. <laughs> yeah, it's pervasive if you really yes. think about it. It is pervasive. It is wow. chosen or not, the whole chosen concept. And every generation of the fucking church, looking all the way back to Joseph's time period. They were all the chosen generation. They were all the ones who were sent to prepare. They were held back in the pre-mortal world 
to be released to the mortal world at this time because they were going to prepare it for the second coming of Jesus Christ. And then the next generation was told the same thing. And then the next generation, it's just like, well, well which of us is actually... You get, to, you get to feel really special. You're the only ones that can handle it. Say, you're you're strong enough. You're valiant. That's the word they use. Right. You're valiant. Uh-huh. And you were sent here because you have already acquired those skills in pre-mortal life that will allow you to endure this tribulation. So you're so special. We're going to throw you right into the fucking grinder. (laughs) (laughs) Gee, thanks. I'm glad I'm special. So when is this going to happen, right? I mean, there's always this mystery. Nobody knows the day. And this whole recurring theme of it's going to happen in this generation, this generation, again, back to that, right? We're still waiting. We're still looking at the watch. If you are familiar with LDS scriptures and go to Sunday school, you are going to be inundated with references to the fact that, hey, it's going to be like a thief in the night. That so yeah, analogy. You, yeah. yeah, that analogy. In other words, whoa, shit. So th- there should be a constant state of unease in your life. Constantly yes. a little layer of stress below the surface. But no, you're not really worried because you're prepared, right? So if you are stressed, you're doing something wrong because you're obviously not prepared. Yeah, you're not right. But nobody enough. can really be prepared because it's, <laughs> it's it's just a mind fuck. It it's is an ultimate it's, mind fuck. It's one of the ultimate mind fucks that's always on people's minds of the church. It, one of the ones, Dave, that's I think good from Joseph, section one thirty of the Doctrine and Covenants, verses 14 through 17, basically, in section 130. I was once praying very earnestly to know the time of the coming of the Son of Man when I heard a voice repeat the following. Well, first of all, why was he praying to know the time? Because everybody knows God's not going to reveal that, or at least that's what we're taught, right? So he thought he was that special. <laughs> anyway... He hears a voice. He's been doing shrooms. So it says, Joseph, my son, if thou livest until thou art 85 years old, thou shalt see the face of the Son of Man. Therefore, let this suffice and trouble me no more on this matter. Yeah, so it's hilarious, right? He's like, so first of all, if Joseph had lived till he was 85, he wouldn't have seen... (laughs) Jesus, because Jesus didn't come back. So failed prophecy. And then he says, I was left thus without being able to decide whether this coming referred to the beginning of the millennium or to some previous appearing or whether I should die and thus see his face. (laughs) Uh, So So that's the God I love. Yeah. Who wants you to be in a constant state of confusion about basically everything. Yeah, exactly. So he ends that tidbit with, I believe the coming of the Son of Man will not be any sooner than that time. Well, it wasn't, so that was a good guess. (laughs) Um, Good job, Joe. Yeah, good job, man. There's a church history tidbit, this whole 56-year prophecy. I don't know if you guys have heard of that before. Joseph, given a sermon, February 14th, 1835. This is recorded in the history of the church. Quote, and it was the will of God that those who went to Zion with a determination to lay down their lives, if necessary, because that's 
you know, God always needs that, should be ordained to the ministry and go forth to prune the vineyard for the last time or the coming of the Lord, which was nigh even 56 years should wind up the scene. Wind up the scene. Unquote. That, by the way, that's History of the Church, Volume 2, mm-hmm. page 182. If you're one of those people that, well, come on, really? Yeah, there it is. Look it there up. There it is. Yeah, so that would have been around the 1891 time frame is what that adds up to from the yeah, sermon that, that he preached. That's where I got that number from. Yeah, yeah, so didn't happen. Another failed prophecy, but... You see these times when people try to put a date on it. We're going to share some tidbits of what we're saying today about it. Are we changing our message at all? You know, are the leaders of the church saying different things? I would like us to pause and have a little bit of for your information. All right, here we go. Got to put my spectacles on. Uh Uh-oh. These are special. The right eyepiece is a Urim. The left is a thumbum. <laughs> Get your your thumb stuck in there, though. Don't. Oh! Okay. Okay, May 29th. We're in the last year of the 1800s, 1899. Charles Wolfenden. <laughs> okay. Sees two angels and proclaims that one is a guardian angel. Uh, yeah, his what? guardian angel, okay, founding prophet Joseph Smith had referred matter of factly to quote my guardian angel in a sermon of June 13th, 1844. So that was right before he was killed. So after the sermon, his guardian angel left because the next month he got shot. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> or wait, no, June, July. Okay, he showed up then, but he didn't show up for the... Uh, when he was needed. Sh- the oh. showdown. Oh. Okay. Ah. July 2nd, at a solemn assembly in Salt Lake Temple, President Lorenzo Snow says, if Mormons observe the law of tithing in 10 or 15 or 20 years, he doesn't know, but one of those, a people would be chosen to build the temple in Jackson County, Missouri. Um, 10 or 15 or. Yeah, I think he missed that one, didn't he? Because we haven't built a temple there yet, have we? Not yet. All righty. Well, oops. Oopsie, oopsie. July 13th, Salt Lake Temple fast meeting for general authorities at 1 p.m. The tables were spread with bread and wine. (gasps) <gasps> and here's here's a quote from an attendee. We then partook of bread and wine until we were satisfied. I want you to define the word satisfied. Okay. <laughs> we're just face, <laughs> face down in the bread. <laughs> I guess. All righty. Oh, this is fun. This is fun. September 30th, a report in a local paper there that says Apostle Franklin D. Richards is losing his mind, which has been known for some time to his own family. What the? Now it's in a publication. 
Okay. October 19th, First Presidency and Apostles agree to no longer charge a fee for giving blessings to departing full-time missionaries. What? So they were charging them. For blessings when they left on their mission. When they left. Oh, oh my God. Bless you to endure all the bullshit you're going to go through. By oh the way, that's 20 God. bucks. <laughs> you know... It, doesn't it make you wonder, like, if you were a rich family, right, and you could pay yeah. a bigger fee if you got a better blessing? Better blessing. Hell, longer, yeah. more flowery words. Yeah. You know? yeah. More, more empty uh, promises. I mean, I mean uh, no. Yeah. Okay, December 27th. Salt Lake Temple worker visits President Snow at his home and he says he brought me a glass of wine and some cake. Aww. So I guess the consumption of wine. It was pretty was, common. Yeah. 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 Pretty common. Okay. Yeah. Well, the water had to be fairly shitty. I guess. You know? Right. When you think back, I mean, yeah. we weren't as yeah. good about like filtering and shit no. like that. Yeah. Well, what? Oh, there's a, there's a horse upstream peeing in this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Now, let's jump into a new era. Year. Era 1900. Nope. It looks like the same crazy shit is still going to continue oh. <laughs> even though the year changed. January 27th, John Steele writes, "I have worked in the science of astrology for the last 40 years. He casts astrological charts before performing priesthood ordinances for the sick." Are you kidding me? Yeah, he gets out his chart. He also inscribes paper charms against thieves and witches and wax dolls to injure his enemies. What voodoo. the fuck? <laughs> Fucking voodoo, man. <laughs> he has been a 70 since 1845. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. See, we always talk about in Joseph's time the whole occult worldview, right? Magic worldview. Yeah, magic the, world the occult yeah. teachings were so common. People don't believe it. And what you see here, this has been a long time since Joseph, and a lot of that shit is still around. Still going on. It's still going on. People had those habits in their in their homes. Wow. Craziness. Yeah. So let's get political for a minute. Uh -oh. February 14th, U.S. President William McKinley promises Apostle John Henry Smith to defeat proposed U.S. amendment against polygamy and polygamous cohabitation in exchange uh -oh. for Utah's vote in the November election. There's oh, bribery going on. Yeah, a little bribery. Now, That's nice. This this is interesting to me. April 5th, First Presidency and 12 decide that apostolic ranking is according to entry into the quorum and not according to ordination date as apostle, which is the opposite of the way it is now. So they're going to change it back again. They can't make up their mind. Okay. What, you know, what's more important? From a tenure perspective. Okay. So now this, yeah. this is fun because... As we speak, there are 7,000 people watching conference. I'd looked it up. 7,000? It said 7.1 thousand views oh. on YouTube oh. of General Conference. Oh, on YouTube. Oh, okay, yeah, because I think it's on the actual LDS it's, website. and 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. I just had to throw that out. I there. just think that's funny though. That is low for YouTube. Well, we like yeah. to we like to fudge those numbers, don't yes, we? Yes, indeed. Okay. So, general conference priesthood meeting. Lorenzo Snow presents a book containing ten thousand names of non tithe payers, including that of the apostle John W. Taylor. <laughs> I ain't paying that. I, I may be in a, a special witness of Christ, but I ain't paying that tithing. Come on. Okay, Come on. I just want to make sure I heard you right. An apostle was not paying tithing. Correct. Okay. He's on the list. I just want to make sure. All right. Are we done, or do you want a couple more? I think that I think that I can't. I don't know if I can handle anymore. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's good for now. Then. Oh my Until God. Until next time. Wow, man. Just wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> holy shit. Well, I'll say it again. I feel like I say it every episode now. I keep expecting things to not be as weird, right? And it's just not happening. I mean. So, and here's my my guess is that when it looks like things are getting a little bit more normal, if you can call it that. Yeah. It will only be because they're now more well hidden. Yes, that's probably that's, that true. That will be the difference is yes. that they will be more careful about what they say in public, mm -hmm. what is released to the press, yeah. and so on. Yeah, yeah, they spin things now. Exactly. Well, and see, back then, if you can imagine some of the shit you've been sharing over the last 10 episodes even of, of this For Your Information segment, if that period of time had had the internet, had had, you know, YouTube, it had, I mean... Imagine the impact. People didn't know about some of this shit, right? Like, unless you were in conference when so-and-so said something, or unless you were in this meeting, or, you know, a lot of this was not known. Somebody recorded it. You go back in time, and you pull this history, and you're like, holy shit. You know, you look at it in aggregate, and you're like, my God, man. Yeah, <laughs> what, a tra like, what a train wreck. Oh, really. my, no kidding. Yeah, wow. major train wreck. All right. Huh. Well, we talked about a couple of Joseph Smith's failed prophecies about as, as far as when the second coming would come and how everybody was chosen, right? That it's going to come in this generation. It's nigh at hand. It's, it seems to always be nigh at hand. There was a, a gentleman in a ward I went to. He was getting getting up there, 80-ish. Yeah. And he confided in me, I just wish the second coming were here. I am so fucking tired he didn't say that but i'm yeah, so right. done i'm so tired and i thought wow <laughs> really yeah so you look at it as the way out an end to your Think suffering yes yeah. yes and that that's uh one of the underlying sentiments or teachings or feelings mm. about this doctrine of the second coming is like god when is it gonna get here i am sick of this shit <laughs> That's actually a really good point when we talk about what effect yeah. does the teaching have on people, right? And so okay, right. you could say there's a kind of a loose split, if you will, of effect on different age groups of people. So you have, you know, yeah. what effect does this have on little kids when you tell them, you know, this is going to come and, and on and teenagers and on, you know, 20s, midlife, you know, whatever – Older people, I've heard the same kind of things, totally. 
Well, I've been told my whole life this is coming. It's right around the corner. Damn it, let it come. <laughs> Let's get into a little de-hoax. This is a talk he gave. Looks like April 2004. So that's been a good 16 years ago. But what still... were you doing back then? Holy yeah. shit. Uh, I was at church. For probably. Sure, for one thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 04. So I probably heard this talk in conference at some point. In modern revelation, we have the promise that if we are prepared, we need not fear. I was introduced to that principle 60 years ago this summer when I became a Boy Scout and learned the Scout motto, Be Prepared. Today I have felt prompted to speak of the importance of preparation for a future event of supreme importance to each of us, the second coming of the Lord. All right, a couple thoughts here. First of all, this is when he still sounded like a radio announcer <laughs> uh, it's it's so canned uh, it is it's very anyway, canned. i i've forgotten uh, how bad he was yeah anyway. uh secondly i guess boy scouts may not be mentioned anymore because <laughs> the church gave him the middle finger <laughs> uh which is one of the big reasons they had to claim bankruptcy or whatever <laughs> the third thing is i felt prompted i call it indigestion Dehoax yes. <laughs> hoax calls it being prompted. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. I... So, again, this event of supreme importance. So, it, it follows in that teaching about everything's in the future with the church. Your ultimate reward, eternal life, salvation, exaltation, mm -hmm. perhaps. Mm -hmm the second coming itself it, it's always in the future it's the fucking dangling carrot it's yes. the ultimate carrot the ultimate carrot that's right and it, okay go ahead yeah <laughs> you're right even even before the idea of going to the celestial kingdom or because the millennium comes first right it's this thousand years comes yep. first yep. so it's like the first ultimate carrot you want to be on the right side of jesus when he comes if you're already dead, you'll come down wait, with wait, him. Wait, won't, won't the boat tip over? Oh, wait. Okay. Uh, it, they balance it. Yeah. God's going to fuck over enough of his kids that the boat's going to ah, be balanced. Yeah. Because he plans ahead. He's prepared. He oh, does. Good, yes. Good. He, he plans yeah. punishment ahead. Yes. He's a, he's a planned punisher. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> Hoax is going to give us four concepts around the second coming. Here we go. Four matters are indisputable to Latter-day Saints. One, the Savior will return to the earth in power and great glory to reign personally during a millennium of righteousness and peace. Two, at the time of his coming, there will be a destruction of the wicked and a resurrection of the righteous. Three, no one knows the time of his coming, but four, the faithful but. are taught to study the signs of it and to be prepared for it. I wish to speak about the fourth of these great realities, the signs of the second coming and what we should do to prepare for it. Okay. 
So uh, COVID nineteen yeah. is on their list. This is this is a to sign. Mormons, yeah. a, a sign that it's man, it's really close because mm. shit has hit the fan, and we knew it. We are God's favorite people. He gives us these indigestion. I mean, these uh, promptings <laughs> and these ideas. And sorry for you other. Oh wait, wait. A whole bunch of LDS people are passing away too. Whoa, fuck. Yeah, well. How are we going to explain that? Yeah, Uh, he's take, he needs them, Dave. He needs them. Oh, that's it. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Remember, Uh, one of of God's many characteristics is he's needy. Yes. So he needs people. Yeah. Needs your money. Yes. He does. (laughs) He's very needy. Yeah. So uh, he's going to talk about the fourth one, which is be prepared, which is perfect because this is what's on people's minds. Right. And being prepared. How do I prepare? Oh, my God. How do I prepare myself for the second coming? Instead of being near now with COVID-19, it's really near. Right. And the third point, no one knows the time, well, except Joseph, who gave some times and they failed. But One of the people I was listening to talked about that prophecy is one of the most precarious, what's the word that she used, deadly, uh, don't use it because you're setting yourself up. Right? It's kind of the way Trump has been lately. He's losing his mind or something, and he's saying things, and then people just go on quoting what he says and using it against him. So it's quite a bold move. It is a prophetic statement. It is. It's like bad science fiction, right? I always tell people don't, (laughs) don't give it a date. That's the first mistake. Yeah. I think back to the old TV show, Buck Rogers in the 25th century. I don't know if you remember that. I had a a crush on Aaron gray, man. Woo. She was hot. But yeah, the very beginning of the show, the guy says, the year is 1984, and NASA launches its last deep space probe. Uh, You're like, um, (laughs) Uh uh-oh. All right, here's the major signs. He's going to talk for a little shorter than a minute here on major signs. Let's go for it. Biblical and modern prophecies give many signs of the second coming. These include the fullness of the gospel restored and preached in all the world for a witness to all nations, false Christs and false prophets deceiving many, wars and rumors of wars with nation rising against nation, earthquakes in diverse places, famine and pestilence, an overflowing scourge, a desolating sickness covering the land, Iniquity abounds, the whole earth in commotion, and men's hearts fail them. All right. Those are the main ones. What about a desolating sickness covering the earth? There we go. Uh Uh-oh. That means you've got probably about a week or two to repent. Yeah. And you got a lot of shit to repent for, sir. Yeah. And so do I, so do I, quite frankly. So, so you're looking at for those signs out there. I'm certainly not part of that stuff. Am I? Or unless it's a good sign. Oh, if it's a good sign. Yeah. I'm part of it. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, and, and here's the irony, I think. So I, I completely agree with that. And so the irony is, as you're looking outward, you have an inward stress. And you pointed this out earlier, right? The, the yeah. constant, constant stress of, okay, I, I be prepared. I got it, you know, I've got a little bit more tithing to pay. I've got a little bit more temple, ten, you know. So you're doing activities, outward activities, you're looking out, you're, you've got this stress, you're always watching. It, it's a certain level of paranoia, yeah. I would say, as well, right? You're, you're looking for these signs. Sure. You're, and so when COVID-19 happens, for example, perfect timing about this. Is that it? Is that the desolation? Or is that, you know... Could, well, just, this, just go ahead it. and answer the question. Yes, for Mormons, this, this is it. it I, I'm thinking... The general consensus would be it's before the end of the year, uh, the second coming will occur. I, I would, if yeah. you were to question mm -hmm. uh, the average membership, you know, just go around and say, well, what are your thoughts what do you on think? this? Yeah. yeah, I'm thinking before the end of the year, Shit's right. gonna, you know, in the clouds. Oh, oh, and it's coming from the east. And by the way, that's why Moroni's trumpet fell. He <laughs> saw something at the sunrise. He thought it was the second coming. He about shit himself. <laughs> Dropped his trumpet, <laughs> but it was just it was just a, a regular sunrise. Oh my so. god! Okay. Oh, <laughs> I was so scared. I dropped my trumpet. <laughs> and he's like, "Fuck! They cast me in this gold and iron. I can't go down and pick it up." Ah, this is embarrassing. <laughs> oh god. Okay. So what is hoax think about these signs that he's talking about have they been happening have, you know which of them have been fulfilled where are we in that time period of those signs he's gonna tell you in a minute here what he thinks about that these signs of the second coming are all around us and seem to be huh? increasing in frequency and intensity oh, shit. yeah for shit. example the list of major earthquakes in the World Almanac and Book of Facts shows twice as many earthquakes in the decades of the 1980s and 1990s as in the two preceding decades. Just to shortly interject here, half his time he spends looking in a book of fiction and the other half in a book of facts. So at least he's balancing the fiction with facts i guess I, I, that's I, exactly where i went with that i mean yeah. what are you, the book of fiction oh you're reading from the book of mormon again what exactly here let's what else does he think so earthquakes are increasing it also shows further sharp increases in the first several years of this century oh, the list of notable floods and tidal waves and the list of hurricanes typhoons and blizzards worldwide show similar increases in recent years. Increases by comparison with 50 years ago can be dismissed as changes in reporting criteria, but the accelerating pattern of natural disasters in the last few decades is ominous. Ominous. So I want to be part of a religion where anticipation of meeting my God my savior is ominous. Yeah, <laughs> ominous. Hey, get your shit together, 
right? That's this. It's the message again. I'm looking at you out in the audience. I'm looking at you guys out there. You should see his face. Actually, it looks like he's thinking this. I'm looking at you bastards who aren't paying your tithing. I'm looking at you. (laughs) It's like, whoa, fuck! I better, you know, start doing this. Oh my god, man! Yeah, I. This is the feeling. It's fear-based. Yes, fear-based obedience, even when they don't need the fucking money anymore. Okay, so we're gonna talk a little bit about one of these things: the gathering of the faithful. This is one of the signs, right? The it'll be well. I'll let him talk about it. There's two pieces here that I'll share. I'll I'll share the one, pause, and then jump to the other. Another sign of the times is the gathering of the faithful. So why would you gather the faithful? What's the teaching behind that? Other than well, the whole gathering of Israel thing. Right. It is the gathering of Israel, but that is now on hold because of COVID-19. <laughs> right. The last, the last thing you want to do is get around a bunch of other people. Other than the whole fact that it's going to happen, according to the church, the, you know, Tribes of Israel are going to be gathered. He talks about how the gathering used to be to Utah or whatever. Now it's to every where you live, your native land, right? The stakes and wards where you live. What is the benefit, one of the benefits of the gathering? He's going to tell us right here. This way, the stakes of Zion are for a defense and for a refuge from the storm. And from wrath, when it shall be poured out without measure upon the whole earth. I hate wrath. I mean, I was outside yesterday. Yeah. Some wrath started unleashed. Oh, I mean, I can take I can take hail, rain, lightning, <laughs> thunder, wrath. That stuff is nasty. <laughs> oh God! Think about this, though. Back to your point on how happy God is, right? Like, holy shit, this motherfucker's going to open a can of wrath. It's not a can of whoop-ass. It's a can of wrath, man. It's like Metallica being opened across the face of the planet. I'm surprised there isn't a heavy metal band with that name by now. Wrath? Wrath. Oh, there could be. Who knows? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Wrath was more like glam metal. I don't know if I'd even call it heavy. But yeah, I mean... uh, (laughs) so that's one of the purposes of of coming together you're going to be able to defend yourselves what kind of picture is this creating in the minds of the members are you inside a church building and or a temple Uh with fucking guns aimed out the window or what Uh, yeah i mean your hoarded food your piles of food and copies of the book of mormon Mm. and and ammunition and guns and God will protect you. Get your fucking gun. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. No kidding, man. Well, look, he talks about the parable of the ten virgins. This is very familiar. And what a lot of members didn't understand for a long time is is it's supposed to be a parable of members of the church, not non-members. Yes. And he brings that up, Right. right? So let's hear really quickly what he says about that parable. While we are powerless to alter the fact of the second coming and unable to know its exact time, we can accelerate our own preparation and try to influence the preparation of those around us. 
right, so we're powerless uh, about the fact that it's going to happen, etc. We can influence those around us. We can prepare ourselves. He jumps into the ten virgins right about here. The arithmetic of this parable is chilling. The ten virgins obviously represent members of Christ's church, for all were invited to the wedding feast and all knew what was required to be admitted when the bridegroom came, but only half were ready when he came. Well, that's, that's chilling. pretty chilling, isn't it? What's he saying I, there? I want to be ready. I, I remember some of the paintings. You referred to the painting where Christ is in the middle of the picture and all of the death and destructions on his left hand and all of his chosen kids are on the right hand and yeah. there's also some paintings of the 10 virgins and it shows these cardinal sins manifested in each one of the five uh-huh uh-huh and then of course some kind of halo or some shit over the 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 other half so god's program is if i get 50% it's a good day yeah right <laughs> yeah i mean it's going downhill right he lost a third in the war in heaven, yeah. right? So he's no, he's already a third down. He's like, well, if I can save half of the bastards that are left, I guess I'm okay. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know what, what's half of two thirds is what he ends up getting, right? Whatever. Uh, and I, you know, that's pretty easy math, but don't ask me to do math right now. So, <laughs> uh, well, when's he going to come? Uh, hold on a second. What if the day of his coming was tomorrow? Uh-oh. <gasps> If we knew that we would meet the Lord tomorrow through our premature death or through his unexpected coming, what would we do today? His unexpected coming? What confessions would we make? What practices would we discontinue? What accounts would we settle? What forgivenesses would we extend? What testimonies would we bear? Yeah, what would we? You know, all I got to say, I just sidetracked in my mind a little bit. I was talking to a friend years ago about they had only planned on having two kids. They were going to have three now. Something about an unexpected coming. I don't know. Uh, Oh, that's terrible. Oh, I'm sorry. That's just disrespectful. So so that that's that WWJD stuff. What would Jesus do? Right. And, And if you knew it was imminent... So again, oh my God, do I have enough time to repent of all? I got to call the bishop right now. Exactly. Shit, he's going to be busy. He's yeah. going to be busy. They're that- stirring the yeah. pot, right? Like, let's get, let's get going. Uh, final three or four clips here. We are living in the prophesied time when peace shall be taken from the earth and when all things shall be in commotion and men's hearts shall fail them. There are many temporal causes of commotion, including wars and natural disasters. But an even greater cause of current commotion is spiritual. All right. Yeah, created by all your fucking preaching. (laughs) (laughs) And we're living in the time. Here comes the phrase again, right? This is it. This is the generation. Even though we keep saying that every fucking generation. But really, this, this is it. This is the one. I promise. We're, yeah, we're not yeah. kidding around anymore. And look, yeah. we're, we're doing naughty stuff. Here's some of the stuff we're doing, David. The men and women who made epic sacrifices to combat evil regimes in the past 
were shaped by values that are disappearing from our public teaching. The good, the true, and the beautiful are being replaced by the no good, the whatever, and the valueless fodder of personal whim. Not surprisingly, many of our youth and adults are caught up in pornography, pagan piercing of body parts, self-serving pleasure pursuits, dishonest behavior, revealing attire, foul language, and degrading sexual indulgence. Well, there you go. Well, Get degrading, your, huh? Yeah, okay. right. Well, it depends on how much she costs, I guess. <laughs> what? Oh, <laughs> sorry. Pagan yeah. body piercing. I loved so, that. Pagan body pagan. piercing. <laughs> so that's pagan now. So again, to the earlier part of the podcast, when you were talking about how it affects you at different ages, uh-huh. it it was huge as a teenager because you knew you were doing at least half that shit on the, on the <laughs> naughty list. <laughs> Guilt. Guilt yes. is a huge tool in the teachings, for sure. Are, are we being good boys and girls? Let's ask that. What is the state of our personal preparation for eternal life? The people of God have always been people of covenant. What is the measure of our compliance with covenants, including the sacred promises we made in the waters of baptism, in receiving the holy priesthood and in the temples of God? Are we promisers who do not fulfill and believers who do not perform? Oh, now you're making me feel guilty again. Well, I guess that's worth it, though, if it prompts it's a, me it's to It's just a sound change. trashing. It's yeah. Like, it's referred to, it's like being taken out to the barn Yeah. by your grandpa and getting your ass whipped raw. Yeah. And you, you should feel good about that because I'm just here to fucking help you out. <laughs> No good, worthless, sinning piece of shit. (laughs) And let me tell you, as Dallin hoax, I haven't seen Jesus. Nobody I know has, but listen to me. He actually admitted that. We need to play that in one of our podcasts. Anyway, man, here's the last thing he says, because this is what we want to know in every generation. Wherefore, the Savior tells us, be faithful, praying always, having your lamps trimmed and burning and oil with you, that you may be ready at the coming of the bridegroom. For behold, verily, verily, I say unto you that I come quickly. Well, yes, he does. He was always complaining about that. (laughs) (laughs) Look, you you want emancipation as a people, as my followers... Let's not make that premature emancipation. <laughs> no, sorry, we, we, I, I really lowered it there. Sorry not. I can't help it, you know. Oh, God. Uh. Because, God damn it, it's a serious issue. <laughs> and I can't yes. believe you're laughing about it. What the? <laughs> Jesus. Your disregard for your fellow I'm man. Sorry. I, I'm oh. sorry. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm really sorry, David. I I don't know what to say about this whole thing. How how's your guilt? Is it high enough? Or should we just keep going? <laughs> you almost expect him to say that at the end, right? I hope you all yeah. feel sufficiently guilty because you're a bunch of sinning motherfuckers. We need your tithing. Pay it now. Yeah. Way out the door. <laughs> yeah. 
God damn. Yeah, it's uh Jesus, man. It, it yeah, hello Jesus. Oh, there he is. <laughs> well, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, my god, talk gosh. about a vain hope. I mean, what could you liken it to? Anything one of the metaphors is putting all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. Right. And that's what you're being asked to do as a Mormon. Everything is this and there's nothing else going on. And he did talk about peace being taken from the earth and that's possible, but no one can touch your personal peace. No, that's between you and you alone. That's right. And that's always accessible the way that you feel internally how you operate externally as a result of that is nobody's business but but yours that's right that's right and i i think it's a good way to wrap up the message right we have on the one hand what can you think of as a better tool to inspire fear and stress and just obedience right without question this overlying constant weight of oh, second coming, second coming. You know, I, I, I was told I'm the chosen yeah. generation. Here it comes. Here it co- oh shit, and you got that going on the one hand. On the other hand, the reality of inner peace that's possible with each of us, and how the church steals that from people with this type of teaching. There's the thief in yeah. the night. Right There's there. the thief in the Except night. Except they do it in broad daylight. Yeah, that's true. It's true, man. Ah, oh, to be away from an organization that steals the life from your fucking soul and your the peace from your yes. own life, you know, and inspires fear and uh, to obey, right? It's oh my god, and that this still happens, and you know it's being taught in today's. Here we are, Sunday. This weird, you know, virtual conference. I'm sure we'll have a lot to say about the messages that are being shared. <laughs> that might be our next podcast. It very well could be, like a conference recap, yeah. right, of some of the poignant messages that were shared. And I guarantee you the second coming is going to be mentioned at least once during this. So, all right, guys, hang in there. I know it's shitty times still with this whole COVID thing. To David's point, there's peace there inside of us that we can tap into, we can share with our family, friends, and we don't have to live by this kind of fear. That's for damn sure. And let's get that out of our lives. And thankfully, we have. So, And if you have one available, crack open a beer. Yeah, for (laughs) hell's sake. I mean, just not eat, drink, and be merry. Wait, okay. Sounds pretty good. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Why not? Why, Why not? not? That doesn't mean you're not aware. No, it doesn't mean you're not serious and you, and about you're things. Doing the ostrich thing. Yeah, it doesn't mean yeah. you're not serious about things that you should be serious about. It means you're gonna have, you're gonna relax, you're gonna enjoy life. You'll be serious when you need to be serious, and you'll relax when it's time to relax. You know, and it's funny. I'll end with this: we've got a contractor that's been out here at our home helping. I know social distancing, helping finish our stairs that are going into our basement, and he was going to come back Monday to finish some trim around the landing of the basement. He said, "You know, I'm going to come back on Tuesday." I said, "Oh, that's cool." Something come up, and he said, "No, I'm going to just go out to the desert and drink some beers." 
yeah. And I said, uh, well, like, dude, you yeah. go, man. That's fucking awesome. You know, it's been stressful and crazy lately. And, and it's not yeah. about the beer. It's no, about taking it's, time. Take the time. To yeah. breathe. Exactly. I mean, I mean, really just breathe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better. Thanks, yeah. bro. Thanks, listeners. And hang in there, guys. And uh, hey, easy on the premature emancipation. <laughs> yeah. Be nice. Be kind. <laughs> All right, guys. Love you guys. Peace out.